Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, where we take a few minutes, share a cup of tea together, and we're hopefully able to gain some encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pecan Praline from Simple Loose Leaf Tea Company. What do you get when you blend real pecan nuts, cinnamon chips, all natural praline flavors, and a strong South Indian black tea? A magical winter drink that can be enjoyed as a latte too. Psst, this blend works as a potpourri too. So sit back with your cup of tea and let's relax together for a few minutes as we see where this week's podcast will take us. Good morning, a warm teacup. Welcome to all those who are joining in with us today. I'm so glad that you're here and able to continue this journey with us as we look at words or phrases in Scripture that perhaps we don't really understand or we have a misunderstanding of or perhaps don't know exactly what it is that the Lord is trying to teach us through certain words or phrases. Today our phrase might seem pretty straightforward, but sometimes those are the ones that we need to look at the most so that we're able to glean exactly what the Lord desires for us to know of them. Our phrase today is high places, or in the Septuagint, the word is bama, which is the plural of bamat. A phrase, when used in Scripture, can easily be glossed over, but one that has to have, as my dear friend Brother Joseph loves to remind us, context, context, context. High places, very simply, were places of worship on elevated pieces of ground. Pretty straightforward, right? Eminent scholar Roland DeVoe said, The idea which the word expresses is something which stands out in relief from its background. So if you will, just picture with me an open-air altar or shrine, so to speak. Now, according to Andrew Compton, who's the assistant professor of Old Testament studies at Mid-America, Most scholars don't believe that the biblical writers necessarily had height primarily in their viewpoint in writing, but more so to the point they were uh, looking at the result of the idolatry and pagan religious practices of the times. In my own study and preparing for this today, I found at least 32 different instances in the Old Testament where uh, this is the case, high places referring to uh, the idolatry and pagan religious practices. One example is found in Numbers 33, beginning in verse 51, where Israel was to destroy various Canaanite religious implements, including high places. Solomon who we're going to look at today, also built a high place for the false gods Chemos and Molech, which is in 1 Kings, where we will be today. But there were other high places that were truly devoted to Yahweh by the Israelites, where they sought to offer acceptable worship. As I mentioned today, we're going to be in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to touch on Solomon where he's asking about uh, wisdom. Uh, I'm going to just read a few verses beginning verse 2. We're just going to read 2 through 5 because I want us to focus on the high places that's mentioned. Uh, Perhaps at another time we'll come back and look at the request itself. But I hope you have your Bibles in 1 Kings chapter 3 beginning with verse 2. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at high places, 
because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? Now, let's go back a bit in history to refresh our memories about Israel for a second. Before the giving of the Mosaic Law, worship on high places wasn't necessarily forbidden. Uh, Three spots in Genesis in particular in chapters 12, chapters 22, and chapter 31, uh, we see there's worship in high places. But however, once the law was given, it forbade offering sacrifices at places other than those God approved, and especially at sites of Canaanite altars after Israel built the temple in Jerusalem. Now, when the Israelites first entered the Promised Land, they were told to destroy the high places, as I mentioned earlier, and those molten images of the Canaanite inhabitants. They were also instructed not to worship at high places that were Canaanite sites, Deuteronomy chapter 12. They were told Yahweh wanted to be worshipped in another way. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, but you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 12. So until a temple to Yahweh was built, the Israelites primarily worshipped Yahweh at at a local center of worship. Uh, Again, a practice that wasn't necessarily uh, condemned, but they were looking toward the one high place. So we've come to Solomon and the people at this time and how they were justifying themselves. Because if you noticed in verse 2, Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places. Now, it does go on to say that because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. So we've come that they've justified themselves because they didn't have that permanent place where Yahweh could dwell yet, i.e. the temple. One commentary actually suggests that there's another possibility, and it's that they did not consider worship at high places wrong until the king had reunited the ark and the tabernacle into a central sanctuary or location, uh, which is referenced in 1 Samuel chapter 9. But I want to draw your attention again to Solomon in verse 3 in particular. In verse 3 again, Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. So Solomon was deviating from the law uh, that was ascribed uh, in this early time in his reign. It was accept his worship at the high places. That was the exception. Otherwise, he was following God faithfully, of course, except for that polygamy, but that's another story we won't get into today. The temple built in Jerusalem by Solomon ushered in a new period of Israelite worship. It brought the 12 tribes together as one people to worship the one God, Yahweh, and they did it in one place. 
Yahweh took up his residency, so to speak, in this temple, and the need for other centers of worship became obsolete. If you continue reading in 1 Kings chapter 9, uh, the Bible tells us about this. But despite, here, here's the problem, but despite the temple, God's people were still found worshiping at these high places. Now, ironically, one of the first references to high places uh, that were not uh, okayed by the Lord is in the narrative of Solomon, the king who actually built the temple. He taints the new era of collective worship by building, as I mentioned in our introduction, places for Chemosh and Molech. Now, this was a direct uh, result because of all of the wives that he had had their own foreign gods. Again, further in 1 Kings chapter 11, you see that. So the tipping point towards this tragedy comes with those words in 1 Kings 11, verse 1, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. And so the compromise that he made, it was actually going to lead the nation astray. In verse 4, it says his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was then not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was David his father. So let's look at it like this. Solomon built the high place, the temple where God dwelt. But then he was also one of those first references of the Israelite nation, the united kingdom uh, moving into, again, those high places that were not ascribed by the Lord. And his example, it kind of stuck like a bad habit on the Israelites. Because then, as you study, king after king failed to tear down these other shrines that had been built. The sins were continued to be passed down into the succeeding generations as they continued worshiping at these other high places, engaging in the pagan forms of worship. You know, there were even some, quote, good kings of Judah who followed the Lord and left the high places. Uh, further in First Kings and in Second Kings, Hezekiah removed high places, but Manasseh rebuilt them. Josiah removed them even later in Second Kings. High places, for some, present ambiguity, that quality of being open to more than one interpretation. But again, it all points back to the context in which we're looking at it in Scripture. The high place was the temple. Anything once the temple was created beyond that, up until exile, which whole nother story, again, that we can't get into today, God specifically said, here is where you come to worship me. So, even in listening to different contexts of the high places, the pagans, uh, pagan rituals, uh, pagan forms of worship, there was one high place. But today it's a theological message for us. And that message is very straightforward. God, being long-suffering, is willing to forgive disobedience. Because that's what happened. Even Solomon. But he wants our uncompromising obedience and loyalty. And let's just be honest, he's not satisfied with anything less because he doesn't deserve anything less. In our lives today, 
We may not worship false gods at a literal idol or high place, but many of us might still have high places of a sort. We might have those idols that we turn to, that we put more focus on than God or in addition to God. But there's one God, and he alone is worthy of our worship. Clearly stated in Matthew 22, again, John 4. Today, I want to encourage you to do a self-examination. And after that self-examination, if it's needed, tear down high places of false worship in our own lives. Pour more. Put all of yourself in worship to God and God alone. And do it in spirit and in truth. Solomon loved the Lord. He walked in the statutes of his father David. Notice it's not the perfections of his father David, but statutes. But then there's that word, except, except. We follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Let's work hard to not have any of those exceptions in our worship. Thank you so much for joining with us today. High places. Again, seems pretty straightforward. But most high places in Scripture were the results of idolatry and pagan religious practices, worship at shrines. There were those high places that were truly devoted to Yahweh by the Israelites, seeking to offer acceptable worship to God, and certainly the temple. For you and I, we are the temple. We have accepted Christ as our Savior. He dwells within us. We don't need to look at high places, idols, other religious rituals that might be in front of us. Focus on worship to the one true and living God. We look forward to spending time again with you next week. But until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings. <laughs>